The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Kitty, I'm welcome to Last Call, Failure to Stop. Uh, this is your Thursday episode, Wednesday to the live phone. Uh, this is all other news that you need so that you don't sound like a so you don't sound like a robot cop to your civilian friends. You gotta be well-rounded as a first responder. You gotta be well-rounded. You gotta know what's going on. A lot of you guys aren't gonna tune into mainstream media, and that's where our Thursday show comes into play. As always, we've got Uncuffed with myself and comedian, former police officer Jay Darrell White every Monday. That show is is getting good quickly. Uh, actually hit record numbers on that show this week. So thank you all for that. True Crime Tuesdays with Andrea Uplate. And then we've got today's show, Com Center, on, on Thursday night. And, for, and Failure Stop Breakdowns on Friday. If you want to support the show, you can do that in a number of ways. But the most important way that you can do that is simply share this with a friend. Tell a friend about it. Tell a first responder friend about it. Tell somebody who hates cops and hates first responders about this show. Share the love with everyone. Um, you can also become a pay, Patreon member which gives you access to lots, lots of additional content. We do five free shows a week, um, and then we do lots of other shows on Patreon that um, have wide array of guests, um, breakdowns. Andrea goes into prisons and interviews people. I mean, it's it's the real nitty-gritty stuff that costs a lot of money to do, and therefore you got to pay to be a part of it. But it doesn't cost me a lot of money to do some news and some research and to jump on here. And we couldn't do this show today without Ghostbed. Uh, ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. If you want a bed company, um, honestly, I always say that there would be less crime in this world so everybody slept on a ghost bed. And also, uh, there would be less uses of force. If police officers slept on a ghost bed, and firefighters would probably just be less firefightery if they slept on ghost beds. Less ornery, less goofy, just less firefightery. I can't explain it. Um, obviously, you know, absolutely, it'll make any state trooper less state troopery. Make them more street copy if he slept on a ghost bed. Ghost bed just makes everything that much better. They absolutely support law enforcement right now. They've got forty percent off sales across the board, fifty percent off on some bundles. Um, so head over to ghostbed.com forward slash wolfpack today. Uh, they got the adjustable base. That's just incredible, baby. It's all about that base. About that base. Uh, love it. And listen, Mother's Day is coming up. You can't afford that, right? You've got uh, EM, EMT credit. You got EMS worker credit. Uh, you got the ghost bed pillows, and it's Mother's Day. So get mommy and your mom. Get your mom and your mommy a ghost bed pillow. Lay her down. Uh, on that ghost bed pillow. Uh, it's a life changer, that ghost bed pillow. Honest to the good lords. Uh, right now, 50% off. and Lots of stuff on the site. So uh, I got to change that Failure Stop logo on the website, though. We'll get that taken care of. I didn't realize it was still Mike the Cop and myself on there. But uh, Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we've got a show packed full of stuff for you today. Lots of Epstein news. The godfather of IA quits Google. Funny thing is, uh, Josh, is it, it's starting to become a reoccurring theme we talk about something little conspiracy ish little on the fringe walking the line of conspiracy and then give it two or three weeks and it becomes conspiracy fact or nostradamus uh, right Nostradamus. you know but it's it's not me right it's not me telling the future it's people like elon musk but you know it's funny that when elon musk says it well you know have you noticed that elon musk is kind of like a bad guy 
now. Who he is now. Like with mainstream media. You know, isn't that weird? Yeah. And I remember like ago. all my hardcore lefties all wanted Teslas. And they were just in love with everything that Elon's doing. And now everybody's out to thwart everything that he says. But now it looks like the godfather of IA, the head. And now listen, I didn't give him the title of godfather of, I, of um, AI. Dude, I put IA up there. Godfather of AI, artificial intelligence. I got a cop shit on the brain. Um, but the godfather of AI, artificial intelligence, is uh, he's quit Google. And that's going to be big news. Also, uh, there will be no debates. And there's no debate about it. There will be no debates for the primaries. And we're going to talk about like damage that does to our democracy and kind of just how it's really shitty on both parts of Trump and Biden to be doing this. Um, I understand why Biden's doing it. Uh, and we'll get to that. Um, and, and But I think I think I also understand why Trump's doing it as well, but I don't agree with either of their choices in this matter. Um, I don't think it's fair to the people, but we'll talk about it. And uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, Iran takes a second oil rig. That's insane. We're going to get to that. Um, also, we have a woman who has a uh, verbal, very loud, audible orgasm during a symphony. Um, I know that they, <laughs> musicians give me an orgasm. Uh, but I don't know if the music itself gives me an orgasm. But she has a very loud, audible orgasm, and it's been tweeted, and it's all over the place, and that's really funny, and so I can't wait to dig into that. Um, I guess there's a new balloon flying over. We've got to cover that. So we have a lot, and I'm not going to waste any more of your time. We're just going to dive right into that. Let's start off with the De Jeffrey Epstein news. You guys know that I'm huge into this stuff, really big into this Jeffrey Epstein things, um, and I just want to take it back. I want to take it back to... Uh, Let's say like 60 minutes when 60 minutes did their interview um they did their investigation for for jeffrey epstein and um i'll never forget that 60 minutes because it really convinced me that night and i get it that it's mainstream media but of all the research i have done on the jeffrey epstein trial there's 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 more evidence that he was murdered than there's evidence that he was not and just to refresh on, on because I think we cannot re we rehash this enough. Um, remember that going back to July 23rd, he was found on the floor of his cell dead. And a lot of things leading up to that were crazy. Even his handwritten note. And the first thing I noted about his handwritten note was there's nothing to debate about his note. He didn't say anything in there that could be debated. There wasn't anything in there that could be questionable. And if you were a very smart assassin, that's exactly the kind of note you would leave, a suicide note, a note that left nothing to question and no, nothing untied. Um, so in July 2019, Jefferson Epstein was a convicted sex offender, um, and we all know how it went down, and then he went to jail. And in his jail, he actually began to hire, according to the 60 Minutes investigation that he actually hired somebody or multiple people while in jail to protect them because he thought he was going to be murdered a week up to, a week before his death he hired somebody to protect him um just days before his uh his death um he there, somebody attempted to to strangle him a former police officer that was in a cell with him attempted to kill him and so he got moved to his own cell 
Um, and when he got moved to the and the new cell, the uh, partner that he was mandatory partner, they had to be. This was a protective custody cells. He was also on suicide watch, so he had to be with somebody. Also, the guards had to check on them every 30 minutes. This is one of the most secured federal prisons on the planet. This is real. This isn't, this is, there's nothing fake about this. There's no, you can't defact check this. This is all out there. This, this is, I'm pulling most of this from the 60 minutes uh, investigation. So, mysteriously, they pull this guy out of his cell. Reasons unknown, and they don't have to tell us. And then there's two new guards that have never worked that area before. And then the only cameras that were not working that night were Jeffrey Epstein's and the cell block that led up to Jeffrey Epstein's cell. So that whole block, that whole hallway was offline. And these two guards allegedly between 7.40 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. did not do one single walk around. In fact, they stayed on the interwebs the entire night and they fell asleep. Now, here was my first question when I watched this uh, a few years ago was, even if you didn't check on your prisoner every 30 minutes, when I was stationed at the detective station not station but anytime that you had somebody at the detective station you you by default were there for the evening you were there however long it was going to take detectives to do the lord's work and you were kind of tasked with getting up and checking on each room while the detectives did their research they didn't have to do it so they would come out to you and they would say hey tansy you you're going to be here for about four hours right yeah hey every 15 minutes or so get up and make sure that everybody's good in those rooms. Let us know if anybody needs to use the bathroom or needs water or anything. You just let us know. And so every 15 minutes you would get up. Now I would play on my phone and sit there. And then every 15 minutes I would get up and go. Basically every time an ad would pop up on my phone, it would be like, Oh, let's go check on those folks. If I needed to get up and go pee, I would then get up and go pee. Even if I had just checked the last five minutes, I would still go back and check. So my point with all of this is, is if you're a guard watching the Epstein thing, wouldn't you not have to go pee between 7.40 and 6.30 a.m.? And if you did go up to go to the bathroom, don't you think that you wouldn't be so lazy that you wouldn't go and walk around and check on everybody at least once? The fact that this article states that they didn't check on anybody between 6.49 and 7, uh, 6.30 in the morning is bonkers. Also, my question is, is who the fuck falls asleep on their job like that? I've never, I mean, I have slept as a cop. Um, I can but never, never but never, uh, one, yeah, but I was always with a rookie, like a rookie would be tight or something like that. Oh, even then, I because I wouldn't trust them that they wouldn't try to wrap me up for some bullshit for sleeping. Oh, I guess for, I, just, for, for, I never for, cared. For I never cared enough about all that stuff. I mean, my thing was is I was the hardest working cop. I was in court more than anybody else. I was always in trial. If I wasn't going to sleep, then when was I going to get any sleep? Yeah. Um, I'm safer once I've had a little bit of sleep anyway, uh, and I could care less if they had a problem with it. But you know, I've never met jail workers not not two of them at the same time that had fallen asleep. For what a twelve-hour shift, no supervisor came around to check on you. No. That's that's where the questions I have because I worked for the feds. That's where I worked at. So we had the same thing for every fifteen minutes, and our cameras were in our holding cells, and they were in our interview rooms. 
So when we had someone in custody, our desk sergeant was responsible for this. And people that were assigned to go check on, like not only the desk sergeant, but you, if that was your detainee, you were responsible for that person. So we weren't in the, I wasn't in the prison, but we had, like, we still had the same rules. So if someone, like, if you went into the holding cell and they pissed on the wall, you're going to have to answer for that. Like, what were you doing sure. that you watched someone piss? Like, you didn't look up at the camera at any point in the last 15 minutes. You didn't go in there and check on them in the last, fi- like, people are going to start questioning it. So you got one, not one, but two guards. Where's the supervision? Not one, two cameras. Like, how much of this bullshit story do you want us to believe? That's that's my question. Oh, yeah. uh, where where crazy. where's the line of okay, this is tabloid stuff, or this is, I mean, how how different is this than JFK? Oh, it, it, it's not not very far off. And we're now trying. We're we're now obviously finding out all the, the JFK stuff. But let me let me just go with what this investigation said. These are conspiracy facts, guys. Um, the my the big one being that uh, leading up to this suicide, there were fra- uh, let's let me see. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I, I scrolled off of the scene for one second. Uh, so Epstein directed money. And he deposited into another inmate's commissary account in exchange for protection. Um, these are from multiple witnesses inside the jail and the prison because it, he feared for his life. But the government says Epstein was suicidal and made his first failed suicide attempt weeks after he arrived at MCC. According to the federal indictment on July 23rd, Epstein was found on the floor of his cell with a strip of bed street, a, a strip of bed sheet around his neck the government says it was a failed suicide attempt but epstein claims that his cellmate a 52 year old former police officer nick targlione attacked him targlione who was accused of murdering four men denied that to his lawyer and said absolutely nothing like that happened his, his lawyer also says that taglione uh, was cleared by jail officials epstein was put on suicide watch after the incident but one week later at the direction of the MCC psychological staff, he was taken off suicide watch and required to have an assigned cellmate, which he did not have. Epstein was moved back to his old unit and assigned a new cellmate, but the night before his death, Epstein's cellmate was released. According to court documents, no new cellmate was assigned before he died, even though he was required to have one. That night, federal prosecutors say, federal prosecutors say that Epstein was escorted into his cell by Tova Noel at approximately 7.49 p.m. Noel and Michael Thomas, the two guards who were working overnight um, in his unit, allegedly did not check on him again until 6.30 a.m. the next morning. The two guards have been charged with falsifying documents and conspiracy to defraud the federal government. Both have pleaded not guilty. Lindsay told 60 Minutes that the guards should have been checking on Epstein every half an hour, um, which is a policy. So the fact that all of these policies, no cameras, no cellmate, guards not checking on him every 30 minutes. The autopsy showed, now the autopsy was an independent autopsy. I always question independent autopsies because they're being paid for by usually the victim um, of, of the case. And so obviously you're getting paid to do a job. Now, I don't, I'm not a coroner. Um, I've met with a lot of corners, but you know, um, sometimes depending on the money and the influence and what you think you might have and, and, and what it's going to do for your career down the road, getting more clients, you're probably going to say things that your clients want to hear so that you get that five-star Google rating. 
but in this case, it is the, the one fact is, is that he had three broken bones on the sides of his neck and not around the chin area. Um, there has been several people who have come out to say uh, that that is almost unheard of. And it, it, it is found in suicides and homicides, but they're usually very violent suicides or homicides. I, I, for example, jumping out of a tree with a, with a, uh, uh, extend, like a, a know, rope snap. around your neck, etc. a violent snap, you know? Um, and in this case it wasn't because he's six foot tall and he literally lowered himself from the bottom bunk. So that means he got on his knees and leaned forward until he passed out and then he slumped over and strangled to death. I, I don't necessarily buy that, um, that, that, that would break the three bones. And there are several other people who do this. Now, another thing is that is if you commit suicide in jail, that is a crime scene. I had a suspect myself uh, commit suicide in jail. Lots of pictures were taken. The video was taken. And this was not all that, you know, he did break my leg and he did hit my partner with his car at 57 miles an hour. And he had just done 14 years in prison and he's landed himself right back into to prison 10 days later. Um, but he jumped off of the balcony of the prison and he had a suicide note and everything. Um, but the whole thing was on camera and the whole thing was treated like a crime scene. But the Epstein thing, he had died. He'd been dead, uh, according to the initial reports, that he had been dead for at least four hours before he had made it to the hospital. But he made it to the hospital. So when, the, when they went in there and found that he was dead on the floor, there are no pictures of him dead on the floor. There are no pictures of a crime scene because they moved him against policy. Now, how many policies... I get it, folks. First responders, we accidentally break policy all the time. And sometimes we break the policy. Sometimes we know it's a policy, but for exigent circumstances, you know, we deem it necessary that we need to move around the policies. But how many policies do you break at one time? Because this to me sounds like an extraordinary amount of policies that were broken in a very short amount of time. Not only that, where accountability? Who's lost their jobs for this? Where, where is that? Hey, this is where we screwed up. This is what we're doing to rectify it. These are the receipts. This is like, they have not been any transparent at all at any point during any process during the Epstein stuff with him or the Maxwell stuff. The thing is, is that to build trust and confidence, you have to make, make believe what you're saying. And there's nothing that they're putting out that makes us believe anything that what they're saying. You're telling me that two guards slept the entire time. You're telling me all the cameras right. didn't work. You're telling me then right. they forgot that they can't move a body from a crime scene that's obviously committed suicide. So you've disturbed a crime. Like, at what point do you want me to stop? Where do you want me to? Where's the line? That's why I'm asking. Where's the line of, right. now, of bullshit? When a suicide happens, right? It's not like a street cop goes in there and says, yep, that's a suicide. No, uh, we still call a medical examiner. We call the detective. Absolutely, you call your supervisor. You call a supervisor first. And your supervisor, if he's a good supervisor, he'll probably call the ME. But if you're a senior officer and you're about to be a supervisor, he'll probably just expect you to do it. Um, but your, your supervisor is definitely going to be the first one there. He's probably going to beat everyone there uh, and to get his opinion people. on it to make sure that you're doing it right. So it's not like th these two guards who have slept all night and played on the interwebs all night 
just walked in and went, hi, ma'am. Uh, that's a, well, that's, that is unfortunate. Uh, let's go ahead and get an ambulance in here. And, uh, Hey buddy, stay with me now. Let's, uh, go through the motions of CPR and just pretend like he's not cold as fuck. And we'll just go ahead and move him on out of here. That's not how that works, man. Like, you're going to call that in. A supervisor is going to come running in. He's going to check a pulse. The EMS workers are going to get there. But before the EMS workers get there, probably there is going to be some kind of a warden that's already on staff there. There's going to be, you know, high level people that are come up there and they're going to know through common sense that this guy is not coming back. I mean, cold and dead is a very typical term. Like we know what cold and dead is. And, and if you've got a scarf around your neck, a bed sheet around your neck, and we reach in there for a pulse, that, that bed scarf's not going to keep that neck warm at all once you're dead. Like your neck will be ice cold. Um, and that would be a huge sign. The, this is from the Federal Bureau of Prison Protocol. It says um, a suicide scene should be treated with the same level of protection as any crime scene in which a death has occurred. That did not happen. Not only that, how long was the body there? You said for four hours. Yes. At, at least four hours. At least four. Hours. Well, not only that, when you try to move it, not rig, only is it going to be cold, there's going to be man. stiff. Rigor mortis starts to set yeah, in very, very quickly. Is what I was yeah. remembering, and yeah, yeah, at least two hours it starts to set in. So with four hours, you're there's especially like you're going to call a supervisor right away. You're going to get on the radio and say, "Hey, this isn't wrong." Not only that. If you and your partner just found a, your who you're supposed to be watching and you haven't checked on them for the entirety of your shift, you guys have really screwed up. You need to start like either you need to start they're they're starting to try to cover their ass because they know they've screwed up, or you need to start preserving evidence. You need to understand like there's way more questions than we have answers, and that's the problem. That's a bigger problem because it's not like with all of this, it's not like we're talking about things we don't know. These are right. known. And we ask questions about them and we're told to just, eh, we're not told anything. Um, so let me just read you this quick interview. Dr. Michael Baden, um, and this is coming from the 60 Minutes. I just found, you know, because I remember, I'll never forget the 60 Minutes episode. Um, I, I And so I just think that this stuff is, is really... Uh, Tactical asked if rigor makes it easier to move a body. Just moving, if you've never Good moved advanced, yeah. uh, a lifeless body, uh, someone that weighs 100 pounds, like a, a tiny person, like a tiny or young, like a teenager. If you try to move a teenager, 120 pounds, they're not going to weigh that much. Moving just that amount of weight, a lifeless body like that, moving that amount, that's di like it, it's difficult for it's most different. people. It's different. It, um, it's a different kind of weight. Depends on the way like, that the body moves and the limbs yeah. and all of that stuff. It's and, and it depends how long I mean, they've been dead. Like blood, blood will settle to one point of the body. Yep, uh, and then and gets, to the lowest point of the body. So, like sometimes you won't really know what that lowest point is until you pick it up and you realize that one leg is significantly heavier than the other leg. Um, that's always awkward. Now, I, I, I've I've doc, I've talked about this in my book, but one of the first bodies that I ever had to move the. Uh, um, the body snatchers, they brought two women to, to come pick up this body in the middle of the night. And um, there was no way that these two girls were getting this body off the floor. It's a very overweight female that had passed away. Um, and the body had been inside of a uh, apartment with the shower running for 18 days. And she was laying partially in the, the, well, she was laying in the hallway, but 
next to the door of the shower. So all that steam was just the moisture for 18 days going hot to cold, hot to cold on, on repeat for 18 days. Um, and when I went to grab her, this was my first one. When I went to grab her, I grabbed her up by the wrist, um, to pick her up from the front and all of the skin from her wrist slid all the way down and up over her arms. And it stuck to me like a marshmallow, like, like a, like a burnt marshmallow. It was very gross. So picking up bodies are a little bit difficult. In this case, it had only been dead for two hours. You know, I don't know, but here's what Dr. Michael Baden said. They asked him um, about the photographs in the cell. He quotes, no, there was no photograph taken of Mr. Epstein in the cell. Dr. Michael Baden observed that the four hour autopsy for Jeffrey Epstein's brother, Mark uh, Baden is a renowned forensic pathologist who has taken controversial positions over his decades long career. It's investigating Epstein's death for his client. Sean Alfonso, do you think there was ever foul play here? Dr. Michael Baden says that the forensic evidence released so far, including autopsy point much more to murder and strangulation than to suicide and suicidal hanging i hesitate to make a final opinion until all the evidence is in um shailen alfonso says well you're being paid by mark epstein correct so of course you're going to say some things suspicious something suspicious going on right because you're getting paid and he says that's a reasonable thing for somebody to think but our job is to find out what the truth is uh doubt it uh, oftentimes these guys are, are going to take that money and do what's best for their business um just to find out whether it's a homicide or a suicide you know, and in this case, though, what, what, you know, this, this case, I don't know, like, it would be weird to find a medical examiner who's pro child pedophilia. So I, I would say that, like, I, it would probably be easier to be neutral in a case like this, because you're like, well, if he did hang himself, he was a pedophile coward that hung himself. And then if he was murdered, you could say, well, this was a pedophile uh, sex ring cult leader that was murdered in federal prison. So I, I, I guess it could go either way for this guy. It's a win-win really guards found Epstein at approximately six thirty-three AM. And so say one of them uh, could be overheard saying, breathe Epstein, breathe. But Dr. Baden says that based on this autopsy, he died around four 30 in the morning or earlier. Um, and again, guys, I don't like to believe everything that these guys say, but it's, you know, we, you know when somebody's two hours dead. I've, I've, I've felt it. I've seen it. Yeah, no. You know when they're dead. And EMS know when they're dead, too. And listen, EMS is not excited to transport somebody that's really dead. They don't really want to do that because then it, it becomes their paperwork. Whereas if it's a murder scene, they go, uh-uh, this dude's dead. This is paperwork is on you. So that could tell me one of two things. Either EMS was like, yeah, we're taking this dude because he's still alive because why would they otherwise? Or they were told that he had a pulse when we got here or they were, they were given some kind of information that they could not legally dispute. That they had to perform life-saving measures or try to perform life-saving Right, measures. to cover their ass. Or if... You know, if there's a supervisor on scene, he says, yeah, let's just go ahead and transport him to cover our own asses. What do you think EMS is going to do? Well, if I was, that. they're not going to really argue with that, especially given the the, le the level of scrutiny that this is going to get. They're not going to really, they're going to do, they're just moving a body at that point. They're right. a cliff note, in, they're, because they are, they're a cliff note in the story. They, I mean, sure. they are. Um, his suicide note, um, was very odd too. It just says kept me in a locked shower stall for one hour. 
Uh, another prison guard sent me burnt food. Giant. Oh, this is what it says. Let me just quote it. Kept me in a locked shower stall for one hour. Another prison guard sent me burnt food. Giant bugs crawling over my hand. No fun. That's it. On a yellow piece of paper written in blue ink. Is that burnt toast? Is what that, That's what pushed this man over the edge is burnt toast. That's what you want us to believe. But if you're if you're if it's a conspiracy, right, you're going to write a, a note that like, that would show that he's out of his mind. Right. Because if we say like, oh, say goodbye to my cousin, Bernie, we were always close. Well, now you have to prove that cousin Bernie was close to him. And now we have to also know that, like, what if Bernie had a nickname and what if he called him Burns? And then people would be like, well, he never called him. Bernie. you know what I mean? Like if they write something just over the top that makes no sense and can't really be fact checked in any way, shape or form. There's no argument there. Um, well, they can't make Epstein's it. No, or there, there's, there's no argument that can be made because he's dead at that point. You can't question his sanity. Yeah. So very strange. All of this added together is very strange. Now, why do we talk about that? Because there's a lot more information that's come out on the whole Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein thing. Um, one of these is being... Now, I just like to everybody to keep in the back of their head that my opinion of this whole thing is that Jeffrey Epstein or, or is it is very probable that Jeffrey Epstein was murdered in his cell. I don't, I think there's just too much evidence. And the fact that, well, let's go ahead and play, you know, every time a question is brought up about Epstein, the whole country wants to know about Epstein. There's a lot of people that really want to know about the Epstein thing, but every time a question is asked, it is almost shot down with dispute it is i mean with with disdain with with distaste they're angry that you asked about it i don't know why anybody should be offended that people want to know why epstein did the things that he did and who he did them with and every time the white house is asked about it very rudely are they shot down and i don't think that it's being met with much empathy and it makes you question why it makes you ask, why are they not empathetic towards this? And I, I think our listeners know the entire story, but what's come out today by the wall street journal. Of course you got to ask why is the wall street journal reporting on this? Why don't they like the CIA director? Um, but uh, he had uh, the CIA director who was at the time um, the deputy secretary of what was it? The secretary of defense, the deputy secretary of defense. Something Which one that? are you reading at? Uh, Burns, the Wall Street one. It, it's a paid one for us, for me. This is one of the problems that we run into when we're researching this stuff. Is we'll we'll run into all these paywalls. They'll they'll well, try to I mean, put stuff yeah. behind a, a, and it makes it difficult to research stuff. So right. So the Wall Street Journal report uh, on Sunday said that there was a number of people on Epstein's calendar, and that calendar has been identified as his black book, which is now public among names. Listed in the Epstein's calendar was current CIA director William Burns, um, and that's the big one for me. Uh, you know, also Prince Andrews and everything. But the Wall Street Journal could not verify that all the meetings reported in Epstein's calendar had even taken place. The purpose of the most meetings was not listed, and being named in the calendar is not an indicator of any sort of crime. However, this CIA director has some very nefarious very nefarious answers on to why he was meeting with uh the c with with, with um epstein uh and also chomsky the big giant academic chomsky who's been uh, just a big libertarian very anti-capitalist um 
almost borderline like on a socialist. He like he he was very adamant about socialism in his early days, and now he's like definitely more on the hardcore libertarian anarchist side. Um, but Chomsky, who's kind of a creepy old dude, was in a meeting with Epstein um, where they had a dinner party with Woody Allen. And we know that I've talked about Woody Allen several times, who's the creepo that uh, raised a young girl from the age of five that he adopted and then married her at the age of 18, which is very weird. Um, but anyway, the CIA director, you know, talked about, oh, I didn't know who he was. I just knew that he had close ties. And um, and I knew that he had close ties to, to big influential people. And, you know, it's just like you're the CIA director. And back then he was like the deputy director of like I think Department of Defense or something like that. He was a big deal. And uh and you're telling me that you don't know who you're meeting with almost uh, four times? Correct me if I'm wrong. This was after he's been convicted already too. It was yeah, it was after he was convicted. He was a convicted sex offender. Now when they ask when, when the reporters asked um Chomsky about that, Chomsky said, uh, it's none of your business. <laughs> And then he also went on to say that it's okay that he, you know that we forgive and we forget. He paid his he paid his sentence for his crime, and he did, uh, you know he he did his civil duties. So thinking out loud, duties. back when you had your security clearance, I remember when I had mine. They went and talked to everybody and your brother, their next door neighbors, friends, friends of friends, people, because they want to know about you. So if there was anything questionable about the people that you associated with let's say that you associated with epstein they're going to ask you about that on your when you do your polygraph they're going to talk to you about that you don't think that that's something that that, that would be questioned that that could possibly yeah. i you to lose your security clearance for being having ties with the most prolific sex trafficker in the history of man you don't right. think that that's a huge red flag. And then afterwards, you've met with this person not once, not twice, but three different times. And when the White House is asked about it, they are told that uh, no. Yeah, we let's can, go ahead and play that. The video. Let's play that from the let's play that from the White House real quick. So this is this is a reporter asking uh, the White House press secretary directly about this connection. And this is her. Um, does President Biden have any reaction to CIA Director William Burns meeting with Jeffrey Epstein in 2014? This obviously was after Epstein had served time for a sex crime and was registered as a sex offender. I'm just not going to comment on that from here. Okay. And can you also, um, how does, you know, President Biden says that he's the most. Pro and that's it. And, and look, how, right on angry, to the next question. how angry was her face when she said it? I mean, she looked at that woman with demonic eyes. Like, how, dare, how you dare you ask that question? Why is there so much disdain for people who are just curious to know about this case that has a lot more questions and it has answers? Because to, to Absolutely me, incredible. It, at, at this point, we're, we're several years into this Epstein stuff. It's not it's not a question of what he did or what he didn't do. It's 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 facts at this point. There's There's no question about it. So then now it's... Why are you defending this? So you want to get all this information out or you're on the list and you're defending it. There's, there's going to be two camps to this because if you're not trying to push to get this stuff come out, you're going to start getting people like me and everybody else asking why, why would you not tell us this? Are you on this list? What are you protecting? Who are you protecting? Who's paying you? There's all these right. questions that'll be asked and they're valid questions, but they're met with, it's none of your business. Move on to the yeah. next question.
Yeah, like just this is the American people. Brutal hostility. It's like, you know, um, and moving on to our next thing, it's it's like this whole debate thing. Um, you know, the the if you're living under a rock, most of you guys are because you're first responders. Um, it's important to note that Joe Biden came out or the DNC came out and said that Joe Biden will not be debating. Um, and they said because there are no real credible runner-ups. Now, Bobby Kennedy, who every article that you'll read about Bobby, Bobby Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr., it starts off with it, it his his title is anti-vaxxer Robert Kennedy Jr. That's his title. And every news article that exists online, he it start every article says anti-vaxxer Robert Kennedy. As if that's the only thing that he's ever done in his whole life, you know, <laughs> um, is be an anti-vaxxer. I mean, the guy has a resume three miles long, but you refer to him as anti-vaxxer Robert Kennedy. Um, but he has 15% right now. And now uh, Marianne Williams is up nine as nine is up to 9%. So if you add those together, 15 plus nine, we have 24%, um, you know, going against Joe Biden this early, I would say that there's probably, I mean, it's a slim chance, but they should have their choice. They should have their opportunity to be heard. And it is a common practice for people to, to, to have these debates in the primaries. And it gives a, the opportunity for the American people to see who they want to run. Now, why is the DNC or RNC, for that matter, making the decision on who gets to run on behalf of the people? Um, and why aren't really? the people allowed to be heard? It seems like if we're trying to make our democracy stronger and and uh restore democracy that seems like we're doing the opposite of restoring democracy it's now let's only have one voice heard for the dnc and that's joe biden and there are a lot of people who have said there was a recent poll that i read um and it was a, it was a poll that was a democrat poll that said like 60 percent of democrats believe that joe biden is too old for a second term well, uh, so who is it for the DNC or again, or the RNC to make the determination of who gets to run, you know, uh, the, but now uh, Donald Trump is following suit with that. And he's also not um, and he's not now I know all the Trump people who just absolutely love and adore Trump and are going to love him no matter what. I try to be a little bit more unbiased than that. Uh, their excuse for that is, is he has no way to there's nothing that he can gain from it because he's up so far ahead. A true democracy, it wouldn't matter if you were up all the way, and it doesn't matter if you have anything to lose. What the point of that is, is not so much for you to win, it's to give the American people a chance to see who else is out there and to have a voice and a choice. And right now, the RNC and the DNC are taking that opportunity away from us. I don't believe that this should be a win or lose type of thing for Trump and what's best for the, you know, I get that. But at the end of the day, it's about what do the American people want? And how do we know what we want if we can't give them a voice? When I say we're not giving them a voice, go find me a CNN interview with Marianne Williams. Go find me some really good airtime in the last month or two uh, with, with Bobby Kennedy on mainstream media. Now, Fox News, who has their own agendas, did give Marianne Williams a, a chance to speak on the Fox News channel. And she thinks that it is a major um, sleight of hand on the, on the DNC. Uh, and she also believes that it is not good for democracy, her exact words. And I don't think it's good for democracy either. I think it also shows that Joe Biden, it proves to me that 
that I don't think he has the wherewithal to debate. Also, his schedule is from 10 to 4 every day. No other president has had such a short window of work than Joe Biden. He works from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it's very and, and in the last year, it's very hard to find him doing anything after 4 p.m. or speaking or having any other events. Um, Not only that, if you want to, if you want to say that either one of them are claiming to be the most popular president ever. Okay. Okay. So go through the motions. If you're the most popular and you're going to get it anyway, what's the problem with going through the motions? Because you right. can't go through the motions because you're not the most popular and you won't win. So right. on the one side of it, you don't want to do the motions because you know that there's the risk. On the other side, you're not think you don't think for the Trump side, they don't think that they're, they're going to get our game or like you said, they don't feel that there's any value to it. So why put effort into it at the same time? Say those two are who get down to the, the, the nitty gritty and where that's who we're going to vote on for the 2024 election. And we vote no matter what will happen at the end of the election. The other party can say, we didn't get the real vote because no one really chose this person. We just brute for these two people up here. So you, you have, have a girlfriend. the ability to start questioning things right away before we even get to the election. If you are in a contest where you are going to be awarded a girlfriend um, or a boyfriend, if you're a girl out there, um, or if you're a gay dude or gay chick, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. Just follow me here. If you were going to be awarded a girlfriend and you have three candidates and one is drop dead gorgeous, I mean a full 10. And then you've got one that's like a, it's like a solid four. And then maybe you got one that's kind of like a homely five. Okay. Um, and you, whatever one you chose is the one that you're going to have to live with for the next four years. You know, yeah, you're probably going to go with the hottest one. Probably. She's gorgeous. But wouldn't you want to have a chance to see her on the stage in a debate just in case she goes batshit crazy or she says some batshit wild stuff? And then you're like, ah, maybe a homely five might be better. You know what I mean? Don't wouldn't you want to know? I feel like we're missing that opportunity in the debates. And, um, you know, we're kind of just going on what looks the best. Um, and, and I just don't agree with it. I think it's, uh, I, I think it's sad. Somebody in the chat said that they wish that the debates were mandatory. I do too. I think the American people deserve to get to know who they are going to vote for. And even if Donald Trump is up by 25 million thousand points, I mean, maybe there is a chance that one of these guys might ask a super brilliant question that he might have a slip of tongue, a Freudian slip, if you will, and just totally wreck himself. And if that's an opportunity for him to totally wreck himself, I need to, I want to say that it's like when they use the N word in the Academy, I want to know how somebody reacts when they get called the N word. I'd rather know if that dude's going to shoot somebody for saying the N word, or if he's going to fuck start their face with his baton because he was called the N word or because they made a mommy joke or because they made a joke about their kids or, you know, I think that in the Academy on your final test, they should be able to sling the most heinous shit out you to see how you're going to react. And I think it's no different than the president of the United States of America. They should have be given that same opportunity to fuck up or succeed. Because you, because you, the the reason for the debates is you're you're testing them. You're testing their knowledge. Because at the end of the day, we are voting on our representative for the entirety of our fifty states, and the the all the outlying stuff that we that we cover. 
That's the representation that we're going to send to the UN. That's the representation that we're going to send to these summits. That's the representation that if shit hits the fan, that's who's got the key. That's who's got the finger on the button to make the decisions. We should have a say in that. Not only that, I believe our constitution says that we have a say in it. They're a representation of the people. Sure. I'm going to, I want to look at it to find for sure. So if I misspoke on this next part, correct me if I'm wrong and I'll, I'll eat okay. later, but I believe in Canada, there are requirements that if you're on the party that they are required because of the way that this, the Canadian government works with the media, that they're required to give each candidate a, a set amount of time that they're able to debate or be on TV to get their message out. And it, everybody gets the same exact allotted time regardless. Yeah. I mean, I don't really I mean, want to do much that Canada does. I don't really you know, want to follow too close in their, their footsteps. It sounds like a good idea. Um, I, you know, I just think that we, you know, I think the left and the right, you know, and, and don't, don't be fooled by the tabloids guys. Don't, don't be fooled by your Fox news and your CNN news on this, trying to downplay that they're not doing this debate. Don't let them try to downplay. They're going to tell you that a whole bunch of people have done it before. Not really. Um, and the, and the, and it hasn't happened really like since the seventies, you know, and it shouldn't even have happened then really. And there was extenuating circumstances back then. I, I, I personally think that I, I don't care what the tabloids say or what the RNC or the D says or what excuse they have i think as the american people we you know there is no excuse get on stage and give us a debate um there are people out here who want it and th then we should be given that opportunity and and that's it that's final i don't i don't care if it's damning to your your you know if it can only hurt you in the polls i don't care I don't, it's not about that for me i want to learn about our candidates and it's very hard to learn about the candidates with all the complete bias and i get it trump's excuse is that well uh, you know the media is extremely biased and they throw tr they, they throw questions at me that can only hurt me they can't help me well blah, blah, blah. well it can help you man and it helped you in the past because it's the way that you answer it's the way you, you handle adversity and if you don't think the american public is too smart to see past the the questions that are being asked unfairly um you know well then you, you don't really have a lot of faith in the american people do you and so i i think you know it doesn't matter at the end of the day i think the american people are the ones that should get to decide all of that and um and i don't care if you're an rfk jr fan or a Marion williams fan that's fine um bone cold flees austin says not a rfk jr fan or Marion williams fan but they have the right to debate um to all the american people why they should they should get the votes and and i, I totally agree with that um, I totally agree with that. And I also don't, I do not agree that every mainstream media outlet should, um, should try to paint bad pictures about certain candidates. I, I don't like that. They call him anti-vaxxer Robert Kennedy. Jr. I don't think that's fair. Um, we don't call sleepy Joe pedophile Joe. They don't call him as sleepy Joe. Uh, you know, they, they'll say former president Trump, you know, um, I just, I don't, I don't, I disagree with all that, but. Well, not only that, they, they, this, there used to be a time when you had the opinion piece was very much understood that that's an opinion, right? They're writing opinion pieces as if they're statements of fact, and then right. they're reporting mm -hmm. on them as if they're statements. It's still someone's opinion. It, whatever, uh, if he's on, what, how do you prove that? How do you prove that statement? So if you can't, yeah, he's prove an anti-vaxxer, you know, it's, it's just their opinion. So everything after that becomes an opinion and whoever's writing that piece. And they obviously have a bias from the get go. I don't want to hear your, your opinion on a piece. I want to hear that person's opinion on the position that they have for the policies that they have going forward. We can vote and say, yes, 
this is going to lead us to a better economy. Yes, this is going to lead us not into another war. Yes, this is going to lead us into not throwing billions of dollars into somebody else's war. Right. We want to hear those policies, but right now we don't get a chance to hear anybody. Yeah, policies. I mean, I would We're love to know what Joe Biden throat. wants to do with uh, this whole BRICS movement thing. Um, and, and it's all falling into place. If you're following the news, most of you guys are not following the news. But I mean, Iran has taken a second oil tanker that was supposed to be heading towards Texas. Um, they have illegally captured the ship uh, by by using their little uh their Iran Republic of whatever Navy. Um, they use swift boats to overtake it and they have taken it back to Iran. It's the second one this um, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is a huge move towards Iran. That's not getting a lot of mainstream media time. Also what's going on um, in the Sudan uh, where they have evacuated all the Americans um, from there. Uh, and now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Mexico, you know, Mexico's gotten down with this whole BRICS movement thing. Um, all of a sudden, we're sending 1,500 troops down to the border. Um, and, you know, that's looking a little bit aggressive. They're, they're making some more aggressive movements. Now, I don't know if the Biden administration is doing that is because election season's around and they have to do something. But all, overnight, almost overnight, they have made illegal immigration priority numero uno. Um, they have stepped up everything. And that makes you say why. Um, somebody mentioned before the show that there's a new Mexican executive order. I have not read that yet. Um, and, and I have not researched on it. And, and I haven't really seen anything in the last 30, 45 minutes about it. But it'll be on my radar. I'll take a look at it. Take a little gander at it. But here's what's interesting to me is do we have the soundbite of them asking about the border and the 1500 troops going to the border? Do we have that soundbite? No, I don't have that. The soundbite's very short. It says... Um, they were basically asking if the border is secure, why are we sending troops down? And they got a scathing look and um, no answer. And let's go to the next question. Yeah, yep. let's go to the next question. So again, every good question that's asked to this administration is being shot down almost immediately, which is not changed, but there's a lot of weird stuff going around the world. Frankly, I want to hear a debate. I would love for Trump... To debate. I would love for a debate uh, person who hosts the debate to ask these kind of questions like, what is, what is your plan? Um, it does seem like we have kind of a global war going on at this point. A uh, nuclear facility or an arms facility in Ukraine blew up. I've never seen an explosion like that in my life other than, uh, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Have you seen the video clip of the explosion in Ukraine that was, there's been a know, couple allegedly. I mean, it's an atomic bomb. Are you fucking serious? Like, have you seen those pictures? That that, that looks like a nuclear bomb to me. Um, and I get it; they blew up. But I've, I mean, I've we we saw that one bomb blow up, uh, not bomb, but we saw that uh, place that was holding all those arms and ammunition blow up on on that one port, and that was huge. But these are like fifty times bigger than that. And I'm talking mushroom cloud, the big ginormous flash, um, and very little news coverage on that. Uh, which I find very, very, very strange. Um, and, and it was in the town, the Ukraine town that it was in was uh, started with like a, a T, I believe. I, I wasn't going to talk about it today. Ukraine, Z-A-P-O-R-Z-H-Z-H-I-A, nuclear power plant. Is that what, what blew up? Explosions near Ukraine's giant nuclear power plant uh, diplomatic pushes was four days ago. Yeah, it was massive, dude. The the explosion was well, let's put a picture of the explosion up on uh, on our Instagrams if we would. Um yep, busting right along really quick. Uh we've got uh, Tiana Taylor. Um 
little R&B artist there, uh, snuck Chick-fil-A into the Met Gala, and the internet could not be more proud of her. I'm a huge fan. I don't know who Tina Taylor is. I'm now her biggest fan. Um, she's an R&B singer. She wore a stunning dress. Uh, obviously, we saw she saw a picture on our YouTubes there. Um, but what really sold the show was that her genius idea to supply her own crispy eats, or her own crispy treats from Chick-fil-A, rapper Pushy, Pusha, Pusha T, and uh, Usher, and a whole bunch of other people were just just clowning on her all in good fun she pull out she sits down at the table she gets her little napkin out and she unwraps the fries the waffle fries the chicken strips and some polynesian sauce and she puts it on her thing and then she goes on to talk shit about like the bullshit soups and the like little dishes that they serve the one bite dishes that they serve at the met gala and it just the tweets are hilarious uh she's a man of the people man She's a man I, of the people. I've never heard of her before, but if I had an opportunity to chill in the green room, that's the green room I chill in. Oh, I dude. I mean, I guarantee she's got something good to eat get? in there. Real deal. This looks like a real, real deal girl here, man. Like, that's almost like Ella joining Chick fil A. Like, that's a chick I could party with for sure. Thomas is getting the one time guys getting the ice cream sent in for Drew. Yes. Yes. That was rad too from one more and I'm out of your podcast, guys. Um, is the Met Gala Hunger Games? Yeah, uh, we'll put a picture of this lady up on our our social media webs as well. Um, she's got great hips. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie. Digging those hips, digging those hips. Um, and one more thing, we got a new balloon flying over. Uh, looks like it just kind of went around Hawaii, um, flying at thirty six thousand feet. They're not gonna shoot this one down. They don't know where it came from. <laughs> um. But they don't feel like it's come over any kind of significant areas. Now, I, when the other drone came out, the other one thing out, there was a CIA, a former CIA guy who went on a lot of podcasts. You can find him on TikTok, but he talks all about what each one of the panels of the balloon were for and what they can do and um, their hacking capabilities and all of that stuff. Uh, but before we go, I have to get into one more thing that I promised I would get into in the next five minutes, and that is the Google I. Uh, uh, AI um, Godfather leaving uh, oh, because he thinks that, that, that artificial intelligence has gone too far. We covered this a couple of weeks ago. It is absolutely going too far. The reason why he's thinking it's going to go too far is because too many bad people are trying to use it. What this tells me right now is that it's already being used negatively because I don't see guys like this being proactive um, I know that they're saying that they're proactive, but I bet you it's already too late because they're talking about it right now. That proves to me that it's too late. Like we already know that this technology is in the wrong hands and by wrong hands. I mean, even with the DNC, the new little ad that they came out, it's almost all AI. The voice behind it is AI because it's perfect. We don't need to put like a Morgan Freeman behind the thing. We don't need to put like a, you know, somebody else's voice, we can put a perfect AI voice behind it. And the voice that goes into it is AI. So there's no breaths and ticks, you know, it's just perfect AI. There's uh, his hand movements have been doctored. It's very obvious. I mean, they're not trying to hide it either, but the fact that they're using AI for lots of different things, this, this AI godfather is actually scared that they are going to be using deep fakes to, to uh, put economic battles against other people. Um, they are hacking meetings with AI at this point, and they think that it is just there's just too many things that aren't good that can come out of this. I mean, think about it, guys. You could use AI to 
talk to a young female and and then and be set up for being like some kind of pedophile person. Um, the government can use this instead of having to suicide, instead of Hillary Clinton had a, having to suicide you, she can use AI to take out a hitman that sounds like you over the phone, that's sending text messages, that's answering questions. And or so this Google AI with a couple traffic lights and you get in an accident. Yeah. Yep. Yes. AI manipulation of, of traffic lights, AI manipulations of all sorts of things, sensors in cars. Um, but he's saying that people are acting very irresponsibly. And one of the things that he's, you know, pushing for in these articles is that they, there, there needs to be safe switches um, and not like Terminator to turn this stuff off. And this is kind of what I'm gathering from listening to him and Elon Musk on several different podcasts is that what they're saying is that there needs to be indicators that it's AI maybe some kind of a tick, maybe some kind of code, something that when like forensically that they can go in, like, you know, like a dollar bill, like a fake dollar bill, it has chips, it has clues to tell you if it's a real hundred dollar bill or not. And, and he really feels that there should be some kind of clues or something embedded into this technology. And we don't have that yet. And too many people are getting a hold of this technology too quickly and we need to stop it right now and add stuff going forward and then kind of relaunch it. It didn't look like Google wanted to do that. So we pieced out. Not only that, they, uh, in July, they fired an employee that claimed the unreleased AI system had become sentient. And they claimed that he violated the employment agreement and data security policies. Like That's what they say. You, you've got these, I mean, it, just for, for giggles, you can follow John, uh, what, um, difficult to look at pictures on Instagram, he is getting into some pretty awesome debates with uh, AI about whether the AI is actually terminated. It's make, he's asking it whether it is the term, like it's comical, but it's not at the same right. time because right. it's, it's not a BS convert. It's a somewhat intelligent conversation. Not only that, every bit of that interaction that that AI now knows how to build upon that in the future. So it knows that when I submit this response to this question, I get this response from the human. So I can rephrase that question differently to get a different response or get a better response or get more of what I want out of it. Right. Like, Imagine if like all the interviews and debates and stuff were, do, were done by AI, you know, it's, it's just like, it's not fair again, because they can word things differently. It's just, they're far, they're, they're already, they said the 10 million AI is 10 million times smarter than the smartest person that's ever lived. 10 million times smarter AI is already, and that is scary. Bone Cold Flea's awesome brings up a, a good point for the Ukraine story that I was just touching on. It says it wasn't a nuclear facility. It was arms and weapons manufacturing plant the Russians hit in Ukraine. Yes, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what it was. I mean, that's what it's being alleged, right? That's what it's saying. But if you look at that video, man, that looks, that looks way too intense for me i've never seen an explosion like that. that's all i'm saying is i've never seen an explosion like that um that even looks crazier than our biggest bomb that we dropped on afghanistan the moab um it looks bigger to me than that whole thing that happened um at that port that blew everything up i, I mean in a time when there's a lot of questions that's another one of those things where it's like okay well what what, what are you not telling us i mean what, what was it in fact an arms facility or is this something else that we should suspect or, because or, or was it even russia we have nord stream that we still don't have answers for 
Just, sure. just gonna put that out there. Just gonna put sure. that out there and, and leave it where that where it lies. You know, and and that's that's that, that's conspiracy theory tansy talking. I have zero yep. evidence. I have zero evidence to back up any of those claims that I just claimed to you. I don't know anything about it. All I can say is I have never personally seen an explosion like that. I've watched it like six or seven times, and I, when I first yeah exactly will create when I first saw it, I said Gee, they just fucking nuked Ukraine. Incredible! It's happened. It's actually happening. And then they come out. I mean, one, the news didn't even touch on this. It's buried. You literally have to type in the name of the town on Ukraine. Um, and, and I'm, but what we're going to do is make it easier for you. So you go to last call on Instagram, pull it up, and you'll be able to look at it. But I don't know. For me, it is a massive explosion. What's even crazier about a lot of the videotapes is the people that were still videoing. I don't know that that's where I'm, you know, because I would feel like that's the end of the world right there. When, that, when I saw the flash, that is like that second sun that they talk about, like the second sun on earth, um, you know, where you could close your eyes and like see your skeleton bones and stuff like that's how bright this is on the camera. And that dude is hiding and still holding that camera up and not me, not me, brother. Like I'm, um, I'm, I'm saving those last seconds for a couple of last words. But do you um, think, I wonder if he thought that he was, well, if I'm going to die, maybe this will survive, but I don't know why you'd think maybe. that that would survive versus you not surviving. I'm not know. that heroic. Um, I'm not, I, I, you know, just, just me personally, I'm not that guy. Uh, I would just do a lot of prayers and, you know, uh, Abby Ellsworth brings up a great on being a police officer podcast, brings up a great question. She says, CNN did a, not question, a comment. CNN did a story on police departments using AI to analyze body camera. Um, Abby, that's great. I would love to, I have not looked into that. That's, I know that they're using robots in New York now and, and things like that. Um, that's interesting. I would love to do some more research on that. Or if you've done the research on it and you want to talk about it, let me know. Um, but that is something fun. Um, and, and how's it? being used for good and and here's that's the problem with this ai shit is that a lot of it is good and and, and and i think that's what the godfather is saying is that there's tons of evidence that shows that ai is very very good for everybody however the evidence the small amount of evidence that show the small bad eggs that can use it can really 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 use it in a bad way um with great responsibility you know with great power comes great responsibility yada 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 i mean Really, if you go back to any movie that we've watched, right, like Lord of the Rings, you know, the ring in the right hand can be great, um, but the ring in the wrong hand can be devastating and utter destruction and the end of the world as as we know it. So, you know, at the point that it. the Godfather and Elon Musk are saying that it's too much and we've gone too far, I'm I'm a, I'm it's on my radar. I'm worried about it. I'm not happy about it. Something great to talk about with your friends for sure. I had a perfect example of something that's great for mankind, but kills a lot of people. Fentanyl and the right use will one of the greatest things that medicine knows. But you want to know how many people we, what we hear about in the news. We don't hear about it saving people. We hear about it killing people. It's not saying right. that AI is going to just start murdering people left and right, but there's, there's just history itself over and over and over again with, well, we did this for the greatest intentions. Well, you could do things for the greatest intentions and still have a history poor out if people are saying hey we think this might be a piss poor outcome we can at least pump the brakes a little bit and maybe ask some questions and slow things down it's not like we're like drastic park in it and you know we didn't wonder if we could to stop to think if we should you know right. should we be going down this route at what point should we start putting limitations and questioning on it 
I believe it was Breaking Points, which is one of my favorite um, news-driven. It's a very Democrat, liberal news media company, um, but they put out the most fair news of all news podcasts there is. So it is my favorite. And, and listen, guys, I don't agree with everything that they say, but I do agree with their passion in which they say it, their research and knowledge and their their true passion to deliver good news. Uh, not good news, like re- reliable news is, is right. a great effort. Um, I, and so although they have the, like, they look at it through a, through a liberal lens, um, I appreciate everything that they do, um, for the fight against mainstream media. And, and listen, guys, if I could be that fight, um, for mainstream media, I want to be that guy. Uh, but I want to be that guy to, to, to first responders with this whole team here. So I believe it was them that were, that were going through the, and, and they, they source everything. So if you go back, you'll be able to hear the sources is why I'm telling you this, but they definitely, one of the things that they mentioned was the example I gave you earlier, which is where they use AI to, um, coerce, uh, coerce some, uh, they use it for like a school nurse calling a mom to come get their daughter. Uh, and it sounded just like the daughter. So if you can use a little girl to coerce their mommy, who is the, least to be tricked right you you know a mom with twins knows each one of those twins inside and out shout out to meg with with the twins uh you know those twins even though they're identical looking you know them so if you can trick a mom with ai recordings to get her to come down to a school during this test who's to say that uh you can't use that ai to convince mom that your daughter's been kidnapped and held hostage and if you don't forward money right now you know, we're going to kill her. You, you know what I'm saying? Like there was just lots of room for this AI to be used in horrific ways. Um, this, we're coming so. to like to the new age of the candy van. When you were a kid, you don't take candy from a stranger. You don't get in a van. Now you're going to have to have safe words for when you're Wait, yeah. to your family. What if, what if the little girl receives an AI call from mommy that says, Hey, I can't pick you up from school um, from the, the front of the thing, but my car is parked down at the corner down by the park bench come meet me there and then she gets kidnapped you know what i'm saying like there's just a lot of things really quick i know we're gonna wrap this show up um i there was a really great point by lumber chef he says in the in the live chats nukes come in different shapes and forms now we are predicting explosions to look like testing's done in the 50s Uh, obviously that's not going to be the case uh in 2023 you're absolutely right um nukes can come in all sorts of different forms they could probably detonate it underground at this point um with weather balloons and weather tracking um, you know, I've always said that, you know, when they launch a nuke, it's not like that they, they can just push a button right now from exigent circumstances and launch a nuke. I mean, you've got Poland really close. You've got Romania really close. You got, um, uh, you know, all of these outlying countries no surrounding, I mean, even fucking Russia. Right. So it's like, we can't be dropping nukes, um, when the wind is blowing right back into Russia. Right. Um, you know, if you're Americans, we can't go ahead and launch nukes. And when the winds are drifting over towards, or if there's like really bad cloud cover and the radiation is going to be a million times worse, you know, there's just a lot of things that are going to go into uh, launching. There's going to be a lot of thought. It's going to be a first degree homicide type sitch uh, when they drop those bombs. That's what, that's how Ross Patterson would probably have put it. Um, 
guys, thank you so much for listening in. Um, if you want more information like this, more news throughout the week, again, breaking points, um, leave them a five-star review and tell them that you heard about them from Feather Stop Podcast because I would love nothing other. I, it would be a dream come true for me to go on breaking points one day and give my two cents into some kind of police-related things. They did a lot of stuff that I didn't agree with with Uvalde. I would have loved to have been a different perspective because I think they would have listened to me. Um, I think they just didn't get a perspective like mine um, from that, but I think they are the type of people who would have listened. So if you want to do failure to stop a favor, shoot, geez, Hey, listen, you want to support the show. Best way to support the show is go to breaking points, um, on any platform and give them a review and say, we heard about you guys from failure to stop podcast and inundate them with, we heard about you from failure to stop podcast. And that would help us get us onto breaking points, which would be a dream come true. That would be Joe Rogan level experience for us. So, um, and, and I think I do have a shot at getting on breakpoints. I think that I could have a very good uh, debate with them and, and have some really good insight to, to go back and forth with those guys in regards to, to law enforcement, not the last call politics show, guys. I'm just giving you something to talk about with your friends. It is on you to go do your own fact checking, your own research. I'm just literally giving you a conversation to have with your friends um, and not sound completely out of the know. So I'm going to appreciate you guys. We appreciate it. Abby's all worth on being a police officer podcast as well. Love to do a group forum with a couple of other law enforcement podcasts out there. Now that Patreon is up and growing super fast guys. Unbelievable how fast it is growing and, and the, the amount of, of people again, that the money that you guys have given through paid YouTube, Paid Patreon has afforded us a new microphone already, uh, two new sets, um, and we just bought a new video camera. And we're uh, literally, we're taking this money, not getting all that excited. Nobody is wanting a bonus check. The whole team is on brand, uh, not on brand, but is is on par with, um, I would rather, I would rather see minus media buy me RAM for my hard drive so I can do better art, Jonathan Bates. Um, you saying like, listen, let's get Andrea a better computer system. Let's get Jay Durrell his own video camera so that he you know, he's not sharing the screen with you. All of this is going to make the show better. It's gotten us energized and excited. It's making it well worth the time for me to sit and do X amount of research and put out lots of other uh, content. And that is all because you guys, the Wolfpack, have just been growing. We're up 26 percent since last month and that is just incredible numbers we're headed towards those itunes charts again i don't even care about the charts though i'm really just more blown away at the patreon and the and the paid youtube i i, I just it, it touches it's incredible. my heart and so it's incredible and if you guys want to see this this train keep rolling and give us more opportunities to do more cool stuff get us on somebody like breaking points go to breaking points right now give it a listen Give it a listen. They've got some really good stuff to say and listen to it open-mindedly. Don't, don't go in there um, so cold and clammy. There's going to be things that, that you may not agree with, but the great thing is, is that they are they have the information that you can then debate with them, and, and I don't think that they're unreasonable in any way, shape, or form, and that's what we need more of. We need more of that, and, I, and I'm, I'm jealous. I wish I was as smart as they were so that I could make this channel um, that much better, but leave us a five-star rating and review, and then if you switch over to them full-time and you never come back to us, uh, let them know that we were the ones that, that brought you there um, and never forget us. And remember that we'll always be here for you. There'll always be room under in the cave for all the Wolfpack cubbies. Wolf, that's so stupid. Every fucking first responder just checked out. Um, until next time, guys, from myself and Dead Leg Media, Guns Up, Kitty.